This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we are looking ahead to 2024, scheming and dreaming up some Pacific Northwest travel for the year ahead. Vicki, it's one of my favorite times of the year, the time where I get to break out the old map and uh, see where I want to go this year. I think one of the questions a lot of people ask me the most about being like a travel writer is um, they always say, do you get to pick where you go? Um, the answer is uh, mostly yes. I get to pitch where I go and it's up to my editors to say yes or no. Although, you know, they typically do say yes, thankfully. Um, so it's just a matter then of, of looking at the map and it's mostly Oregon because that's what most of our readership is interested in and seeing like, where haven't I been before, period? Where haven't I been in a while? What seems interesting? Is there anything that's like timely this year? Um, any Anything new to check out? It's just sort of following that curiosity and interest. And I, I find that if, if I'm interested in a place to travel for something that seems cool and fascinating to me, odds are other people will also find it interesting and cool and fascinating. So I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, you know, this time of year, I open the map and I just start putting pins in it and seeing uh, what, what comes up. I love that. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people listening who are like, I envy Jamie Hale for having this job. <laughs> <laughs> um, how How is this year panning out, do you think? Is any, any big changes in comparison to past years or anything you're anticipating specifically for 2024? I mean, I, I'm not seeing a lot of big changes. Um, last year wasn't too bad of a wildfire season. So we don't have like a bunch of new closures to throw a wrench in things. Um, there are still some existing closures from like previous wildfires. So still waiting on some spots to open. Like I really wanted to get into um, like some areas in, around Mount Jefferson and that wilderness. I really wanted to get back to like Opal Creek. Um, a lot of spots in there are still closed. So I pushed those back another year uh, unless we get some more news sometime here in the spring. Um, so, you know, we're still kind of looking at, at those closures and and just fingers crossed, we don't have to deal with any other huge closures for this year ahead. Um, and otherwise, yeah, there are a couple of, of new things going on here that we can get into as we get deeper into um, the planning here, I, I've definitely got some spots that I've got my eye on for 2024 that should be pretty interesting. 
Love it. Well, I can't wait to get some inspiration from your travel guide, Jamie. And um, I, I have, I've been scheming up some plans, but I feel like, you know, continually on this podcast, I'll mention like, I'm adding it to my list or I'm checking it off my list. And it's just being relatively new to the region. It's like, there's so much I want to do and Mm -hmm. there's always going to be stuff that I can't get to one year or whatever, but there are some, there's some big items on my list that it's like, how have I still not made it there? But we will get into that. How are we kind of organizing the travel guide? Um, How are we breaking it down? So I've been doing this um, annually for, God, I don't know, I guess probably since like 2017, I think at this point. Yeah. And uh, I organize this into five five categories of five places each, or five recommendations each. Um, the categories are, are places like towns or cities, um, outdoors, things you can do outside, mm-hmm. um, lodging, places to stay. Um, then you have like attractions, like either roadside attractions or events, that sort of thing. And lastly, road trips. So you know, a, a trip that can string together a lot of different kinds of places. Um, you know, in one sort of one big go. So th- those that's kind of how I organize myself. And I thought, you know, I'll be putting out um, on at the end of the month here, my big 2024 travel guide that's got, you know, 25 recommendations, places to go, places I'm looking at going, places I went in the last year, um, places that are just kind of like, you know, on the at the top of my my list right now. But I thought for today, we'll do a little preview of that guide um, for my section and pull one thing from each category. That sounds like a great plan. So should we get started with places? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, Obviously, a lot of interesting small towns in Oregon, a lot of places that I've been to before and I've shared before in this list. Today, I'm going to pick out maybe an unlikely place, and that is uh, good old Burns, Oregon. Uh, (laughs) Burns is, is a tiny town, far southeast Oregon, not... With all due respect to people in Burns, great folks, great town, um, not a lot going on in the actual city limits of Burns itself. Um, it's a great little community, a couple of restaurants, um, it's about it. Um, but just outside of Burns, you have a lot of really beautiful nature to go explore. So I find it, I think of it sort of like as an anchor point um, to go explore other spots. So, I mean, you have um, Crane Hot Springs just outside of town. One of my favorite places to go soaking in Oregon. Um, you can also stay at Crane Hot Springs. Beautiful, beautiful desert soaking pools like nothing else. Um, the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge is also just south of town. If you want to do some bird watching, there are a few better bird watching spots in the state to do Malheur. Obviously, you have Steens Mountain close by. You have the Alford Desert close by. Um you know, just all kinds of stuff. So I think Burns, well, maybe it's not like, you know, going to Bend. We've got a lot of things to do in town, a lot of different restaurants to try. I think it just makes a nice anger point to see some stuff that maybe, you know, you don't want to do a, a, you know, a drive to in a single day. Driving from Portland to Steens Mountain in a day is a lot, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've done it. It's not, can't recommend it. So having a, sp- a place like Burns to sort of stop in, rest in, definitely worth checking out. 
I love that we're starting off with this one because as you mentioned, Crane Hot Springs is nearby and that's like kind of on my list. Generally making it out to this part of the state is on Mm -hmm. my list for 2024. Um, And more specifically, uh, the Alvord Desert and getting to those hot springs as well. So like maybe it's just a hot spring trip out to <laughs> out to the mm-hmm. desert. But um, yeah, this this is a region that I've been meaning to get to. It's it's weirdly a hot spring paradise. There are those two you mentioned. There's a couple more hot springs that you cannot soak in. Don't put your body in the water, <laughs> but are very cool to look at in that kind of that region. So. Um, Maybe when you get to that trip, we'll talk more about some of that stuff. Yes. Very cool area. Oh, I love it. When's the last time you were in Burns, Jamie? When is the last time I was in Burns? It had to be 2019, I guess. It's been a it's been a minute since I've been out there. So I, you know, I'm also looking forward to get getting back out into that area in 2024. So I'm really curious to look into town and see what's going on. Um, any, any place new to eat, anything else, any new attractions going on out there? It's, it's, you know, always fun to sort of check in on places after a few years to see what's happening. I was about to ask, is there a certain restaurant or any other stop in Burns that you specifically remember that, uh, you'd want to return to? Not, a, not as such, not as such. I can, nothing, nothing's really sticking to mind. Um, but I'm, I'm also, look, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, it's hard to eat in a lot of rural towns as a vegetarian. That's just the fact. It's fine. Um, it's not a big deal. But at a certain point, uh, I get tired of salads and cheese fries. Um, you know, there's only so much on a lot of menus. Um, so I, I end up like, you know, in a place like Burns, there's, there's just not a lot for me personally. That's not to say there's not anything there for anybody. Um, but, you know, it, it's a place where I'll, you know, pick up some camp food, perhaps. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Anything else to note before we uh, move on? You know, if, if if you don't want to stay in Burns itself, the French Glen Hotel is nearby. They're like under new ownership. Or last I saw, it was up for sale. It's like a historic little hotel. Um, I am really interested to stay there or to check it out uh, if they uh, continue to be open this year. Um, you never know with a new owner what they might do. If they might want to renovate the place or what. But um, French Glen Hotel is definitely worth checking out as well. Is it like an older building turned into a hotel type of deal? Yeah. I mean, I think it's an older lodging establishment. Um, it's, it's an Oregon, I think Oregon state parks technically owns that building and they just uh, contract people out to run it. Um, so it's, it's, you know, pretty, it's, it's, it seems like a cute historic place. Um, a little bit bare bones as far as lodging goes, but you're out in the middle of, of, you know, nowhere. So it, that's, I think, to be expected. All right. Well, moving into our next category of outdoors, what's uh, on your list for 2024? I have like recently become really obsessed with the Salmon Huckleberry Wilderness. This is on Mount Hood and it is, um, I think, probably the closest wilderness area you can get to Portland. Um, just like 45 minutes away, maybe an hour. And there's like so many good hikes in there. Um, the Salmon River Trail, which we'll talk about on a, a very soon to be episode, um, is in there. There's another uh, Eagle Creek Trail. It's not the Eagle Creek Trail, but it is another one by the same name that's in there. Huckleberry Mountain, which we've talked about here before. 
um, Salmon Butte. There's like a ton of like big mountain hikes and a ton of like quiet river hikes. And it's just like this really expansive, beautiful wilderness that's close to at least where, where we live. Um, and I just, I, I'm, I'm wanting to get into like every little part of it. I want to like get to know this place like I, I would a small town, you know? How close is this other Eagle Creek trail to the Eagle Creek trail that we often talk about on this podcast? <laughs> I mean, like as the crow flies, it's not that far, but I mean, it's the other side of Mount Hood, uh, right? So like it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty far up there. Yeah. Um, but if you're coming from Portland, it's about the, it's about equidistant, I think, as far as driving goes. Okay. But very different experience. Got to say, completely different experience. Okay. Uh, is this one just like not as in your face beauty, more like subtle, lovely nature? Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. More like trickling creek, yeah. big trees, lots of moss, a um, lot of water. If you go on a rainy day, it's just very wet. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a bring your your rain boots and, you know, um, expect to see a lot of moss, mm. which is nice. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Is there a specific trail you're really looking forward to in the Salmon Huckleberry Wilderness? This uh, Salmon Butte hike, I'm I'm super psyched about. It looks like a great summertime one. Um, big views of Mount Hood. Um, I think maybe a bit, a little bit more of like a challenging hike, maybe sort of moderate to difficult. I haven't done all the research on it yet, but I was just just looking through like all the, the hikes in this wilderness area and pull that one out, especially I was like, I've got to make sure to do that one this year for sure. Oh, sounds lovely. Any other things that this area really calls to and makes it special in your eyes? I mean, it's, I think one of the best backpacking areas close to Portland, certainly if you want to get into backpacking or like you have kids, um, you want to do something easier. You just want to like be able to walk a couple of miles and put up a tent test out your gear, um, you know, or get yourself ready for the season. There's a lot of really good, um, backpacking sites along the salmon river trail in particular, um, that are like right by the river, easy to get to, um, very crowded, very popular. Um, but definitely a spot to do that. And if you want to do more advanced backpacking, you can hike all over this wilderness trails connect. They, you know, they run for miles and miles and miles and miles. You can do days, weeks of backpacking in this area if you want to. So I, I think that that's a really good opportunity and something I've been thinking about too. I've, it's been honestly a couple of years since I've gone backpacking. Really? Um, it is. Yeah. Ever since I had an injury that sort of stopped me from doing a lot of it yeah. and I, I just haven't gotten back into it yet. So I'm like, you know, this might be a good opportunity to go back out there and uh, see how my knees are doing <laughs> with, with the backpack on. <laughs> 2024 could be the year of backpacking for sure. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, for me, the, like obviously I don't think this falls into a uh, travel guide, but my own travel goal for the outdoors this year, I do have plans to do do a Nordic ski lesson at Teacup. Um, so we will see. I've only been on skis once in my entire life. And that was for a peak Northwest episode that was scajoring. So like I went from zero to like a hundred really quick being pulled by dogs on skis. So I think maybe we'll scale it back, get it to the beginner level and have a, you know, a proper lesson of being on skis. So I'm finally doing it, even though I'm just very um, concerned about my knees. And that I think is one thing that's 
been holding me back from a lot of winter sports. But I'm excited to get proper lessons and give it a go. And we'll see how it turns out. Is this something that you're like, you just want to try out, like people try out a ceramics class? Or is this something that like you want, you have like bigger, loftier goals of of doing more backcountry skiing? I'm honestly at a point where I don't think I need another hobby. I have way too many hobbies at the moment. <laughs> and like and a hobby that could be more injury prone is not something I want to add to my list. It's more like I definitely have FOMO and I feel like, you know, obviously we're in a great place for skiing. So I think I've just been missing out on some winter sports. So I just want to try it out. I definitely don't have any bigger goals afterwards. And um, this is actually part of a program, a nonprofit out here called uh, Trail Mixed, which I'm hoping that I can get someone from Trail Mixed on the podcast in the future. But um, it's an opportunity for um, women of color to learn how to Nordic ski. And all of their programming is offered at either free or very low cost. So you know, with an opportunity like that, I'm like, okay, there are literally no barriers right now for me to try this out. So why not? Let's do it. I love that. And we'll, you know, we'll see how, how deep you get into this. I feel like we'll talk next year and you'll be waxing your skis <laughs> in the background. Gosh, <laughs> You know, that might be a thing, but I'm hoping not because <laughs> my bank account will be very upset with me. <laughs> oh boy. Well, it's this slippery slope sometimes <laughs> when you get into nature out here. All right. So our next category is lodging. What what places, what hotels or other stays are you looking forward to? Well, this year it's um, all eyes are on one place in particular, and that is Kanita. Uh, Kanita. I, I've heard people pronounce it different ways. I'm not sure how um, Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs pronounce it. I got to find mm-hmm. that out. But this is, um, again, it's on the reservation out there in Warm Springs, and it is a hot springs resort essentially, that um, was open for many years, very popular vacation destination. Um, But a few years ago, it did close down. But this year, they are having a big reopening Mm. for not the entire thing, but for part of it. So they have, um, they're gonna have hotel rooms, they're gonna have teepees to rent, and they're gonna have a bunch of new soaking pools that um, with like, you know, private poolside cabanas, um, there's a new restaurant. There's like a new RV park with like, you know, a laundry and snack facility. It's like a big to do. And judging by like the number of emails I get every time I write or don't write about this, um, people are psyched about this reopening. Wow. So I imagine there's gonna be a lot of folks going out to warm springs in the summer. Last we heard the resort was expected to reopen early summer. No dates, but um, that's what they've said at Warm Springs. So we're all just kind of waiting with bated breath to see what happens out at Canita there in 2024. Oh, my goodness. So it's just been closed for this, like, renovation? Well, they they closed it because they had some financial difficulties at a certain point. And then at some point, they decided to, they you know, they, they got things together in a certain way that allowed them to reopen at least part of it. Um, they've, they've partnered up with Mount Hood Ski Bowl who is helping them out with this project as well. Um, and yeah, but otherwise they've been closed for all this time. So folks who love this place have not been able to go for years. And now all of a sudden they can finally go back. So if you're someone who, you know, isn't like super on top of this sort of thing, not so psyched, maybe give it a year and make reservations, give it a few months 
Um, but I know that as soon as summer 2024 hits, it, that place is going to be rocking. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, what you're describing sounds kind of luxurious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, this is, this is definitely, yeah, it's, it's definitely like a, you know, you know, more family oriented resort. Like there, there are like kid pools. There are like, you know, again, like arcades and it's, it's that kind of thing. So this is like, you know, if you are looking for like a quiet, like Brighton Bush hot springs kind of soaking place, this is not it. This is the other end of the spectrum from Brighton Bush hot spring. This is, you know, more of like a, you know, a poolside, you know, it's not a water park, but it's, you know, it's definitely like a place where you're going to see lots of action, a lot of families, um, a lot of fun. Honestly, it sounds great. I'm, I'm very intrigued now, not knowing it's former like iteration. I, I, what you're describing sounds amazing. So I'm definitely going to look into it. <laughs> Vicky, when you're looking at your travel plans, I know you've talked about um, some areas you want to go in. Are you looking at any lodging in particular for yourself? You know, I, I still haven't made it to Mount Rainier. And um, lodging that we've talked about a lot on this podcast is the Lodge Hotel. They have a bunch of different locations, but one of the newer ones is um, Alta Crystal, which is, you know, kind of in this gateway area of Mount Rainier, kind of like the northeastern side of Mount Rainier, closest to Sunrise. All of my experiences at Lodge Hotels have been really great. Also, if I did want to bring a dog, they're dog friendly, and it looks like they have a nice heated pool, and I just like the vibe overall at the Lodge Hotels, so maybe just making it to one more in 2024. I've been to the one in Leavenworth and the one in Bend. Love to go there during my first trip to Rainier. I also had that spot on my list of places to look at for this year. Um I feel like Lodge needs, this is Lodge L-O-G-E for folks um, who aren't familiar with it. Um, I feel like they need some sort of like McMiniman style passport. Yes. Something like, oh my god! You know, uh, they've got spots in California. They got spots in Colorado, I want to say as well. And they're just expanding outdoors oriented hotels, um, pretty affordable. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I'm psyched about that too. That should be a great spot there on Mount Rainier. Yeah. Um, so moving on into our categories, um, we have attractions. So what attractions are you looking forward to? Yeah, the one I pulled out, it's a little sort of blended with outdoors, but um, the Amanda Trail out on uh, the Central Oregon coast is a spot that I've reported on a bunch this past year. Really a spot I recommend folks get to. It's very cool. It's very interesting. It is a bit somber, but it is one of the spots that is worth getting to. The trail tells uh, the story of uh, some of the indigenous communities on that part of the coast that were forcibly removed from their homes to uh, a place that was at Yahats, uh, basically, you know, a prison camp that was a Yahats. So they were, you know, trapped for several years. Um, but the Amanda Trail has a statue, has sort of a, a ceremonial area, a gathering area that um, honors the, those people, honors that story, and really is it's there to sort of tell the story is to sort of make it publicly known as opposed to a fact that was just sort of like hidden away for generations. So the, the collaboration of people that like created this area is phenomenal. And, and there's a lot of uh, stories about that. You can find an Oregon live. Um, but what they've created is something that's like this really beautiful community space. 
Um, the trail itself, you can hike from the south end of Yahats um, by the beach there to the Amanda statue and up into Cape Perpetua. So the trail is like a nice sort of longer hiking trail. Um, but you can also drive up this little pullout on the side of 101 where you can park and just hike a short way right down to the statue if you wanted to see that statue. Um, There's a beautiful suspension bridge, like I said, a community gathering area and the statue itself where people, uh, you know, leave offerings and, you know, some people will go pray or sit or meditate or just enjoy that beautiful forested cliffside ocean landscape that is so beautiful and incredible. Jamie, I have been wanting to do this since I think when you went out there originally. I've been wanting to get out there as well, out to Yahats to see this. Um, such an incredible learning opportunity. Aside from the statue, are there like different like kind of plaque things to read about more of the story here? Yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely some um, interpretive signs that will tell you the story. Um, and, um, you know, lots more opportunities to read stuff online as well. Um, so it's, it's definitely a place where you go to, to read, to learn, to understand. Um, and you know, it, I think it pairs really well with that Cape Perpetua. So if you kind of, again, just hike North from the statue uphill, you get into that Cape Perpetua area where there's a lot of, there's a lot more, you know, informational signs on some of the nature of the area, some more of the history. So you get this kind of like really complete understanding of the area, at least in like human history, or at least you know recent human history, um, by just sort of being in this one area, which I love. I love getting to be immersed in a place and learn about a place at the same time. Totally, totally. And they have a big New Year's Day hike there, uh, the New Year's Day peace hike. So um, if you happen to be in Yahats on New Year's Day, 100% go do the peace hike. I've not done it myself. I would love to. Um, it's a really cool community event. Uh, the tribes are there. The community of Yahats is there. And everyone hikes to the Amanda statue. And there's a, a big celebration, a big gathering. Um, should be a really, really cool event. But every time I've been there just on my own, it's not been crowded at all. A couple of through hikers, a couple of people maybe who parked there and walked the statue. So um, this is also like a low-key great way to get outside in Yahats also. I love that. Yes. I am adding that to my list for sure for the upcoming year. More stuff for the list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for 2024, uh, a very different attraction here, but um, I, I would like to make it on my bike back to Crater Lake to participate in the actual Ride the Rim event that they have. I've I've done this previously, kind of just out of luck, went, I think, like a year or two ago and rode the rim of Crater Lake in like a random October weekend. But I'm, I'd kind of like to go for the actual experience of being with a bunch of other riders to participate in it and have that kind of uh, energy around the around the ride instead of just me versus me on my bike and you know it's not even like a, it's not even a race or anything but it's just this mentality of being there alone versus like you know the spirit of others who will really want to do this ride so that is happening um, September 9th and September 16th this year. So hopefully I can get out there. That is also on my list because I am prepping to hopefully do a triathlon this year. And I think that would be a great Ooh. prep for the bike portion of it. Yeah, no kidding. 
Um, how how long how 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 long of a ride is that around the rim? The ride around the rim is just about thirty miles, give or take, and a whole heck of a lot of elevation. I want to say it was close to four thousand feet of elevation around the rim. However. What was great is that it's a lot of ups and downs. So you can go back and listen to my whole episode about riding the rim of Crater Lake, but <laughs> it's really such a spectacular, spectacular ride. Um, and I've been wanting to go back ever since I finished it pretty much. Do you have an idea or know how, like, how many people roughly do this? Are we talking like a few dozen? Are we talking like a few thousand? It's definitely a pretty big attraction. I want to okay. say it would be multiple hundreds of people, if not closer to a thousand. But I think that's why they break it up into two different days because it draws so many cyclists. Gotcha. So you're there really with like a community of cyclists, it seems. Exactly. And of course, they're closing down the road to traffic for this. um, So there's that safety element as well. Hopefully I'll get out there and make it in September. Awesome. Ah. And if you're, if you're not looking to ride the rim, if you want to just visit Crater Lake, don't pick that weekend to do it. Pick another one because um, you won't be able to do much. So uh, our last section here of our travel plans is uh, road trips. Yes. Um, you know, this is, you know, obviously a good old fashioned road trip. There's nothing like it. And Vicky on my list is something that I think you actually know more about than I do. Um, and what I'm really interested in is seeing all those new troll sculptures that they've built throughout the Pacific Northwest. You've seen one of these, haven't you? I saw the complete building of one of these troll sculptures, the one that's closest to Portland. Yes. Oh my gosh. What do you know about these trolls? Oh, wow. Well, I will say watching the process of how this troll is constructed is absolutely insane. These trolls are huge. Like when I think of a troll, I think of the little dolls that are small and tiny and have crazy hair. (laughs) This is not that. Um, This is a 19 foot tall troll (laughs) that is um, the one closest (laughs) to Portland is um, at Nordic Northwest campus. And so basically I went as they were constructing this and um, what's really cool is that each troll has a different story behind it. And so the one at Nordic Northwest is all about this troll who, you know, smells something tasty in the forest. And you'll see as you approach it, the troll is like opening up the roof of this tiny house because it smells something delicious. It turns out there's cookies inside the house. And so the troll is kneeling and it's looking down as it opens the roof um, and These are all made by a Danish artist and um, they're all made out of like reclaimed wood. And typically, as the story goes with a lot of these is the relationship of these trolls to nature and humans. And so there's kind of like this backstory and it's not just like a fun little troll in the woods. Um, There's kind of a bigger meaning that this Danish artist has with his creations. So cool and interesting. I'm such a sucker for like uh, big art in nature. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so there are six of these trolls, um, including the one in Portland, yeah. and they finished them, I want to say this past September, and the plan is to have them around for three years. So you got a couple of years to go see them. 
Um, there's the one in Southwest Portland, and then there's five that are in Washington, sort of in the Puget Sound area. So there's one um, Issaquah, one in Ballard, um, and then there's uh, one on Bainbridge and Vashon Islands, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? It's it, it's up there around the Puget Sound, yeah. Seattle area. So um, a nice road trip around that area is always, always so good. Um, I feel like I usually go up there and just go right into the San Juan Islands, but I, I love being able to sort of travel, you know, take, go and take the ferries over to Vashon, um, drive around, you know, stop in Seattle is always a good time. So I think this is just like, this has like road trip written all over it. And what a fun, a fun hook, these giant troll sculptures in the woods. I don't know. I love that. So endearing to me. Yeah, um, I, I think I've seen pictures of ones up in Washington, and this artist has gotten really creative with these trolls. And like some of the different locations might be on the water, um, or like having to do more so with the water. Is this one's just like tucked in the woods? I hope you do go and get to like photograph all these different troll sculptures, and it's just so funny. You know, I was there during the unveiling of the one in Portland and seeing, you know, people standing next to the troll and the comparison of that is so great. It's also a really fun kid thing to do, um, a family friendly activity. So bring your kids, go out, see some trolls and uh, have a little environmental lesson as well. So fun. So fun. While you're in Seattle, um, check out that 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 Fremont troll under the bridge. Not one of these trolls a separate big troll sculpture underneath the Fremont bridge. Um, why not get your bonus troll in there? Yeah. What is it about trolls? Why are they having, why are they having a moment in the Seattle area? I'm not mad about it. I'm just so curious. (laughs) I really don't know. I actually have not heard about this one, but I guess fitting that it's under a bridge. (laughs) Yeah. We've got like the Sasquatch thing going. We've got the trolls. Uh, there's something maybe about like, you get the vampires up there too in twilight. (laughs) I mean, there's something about like mythical creatures in the Pacific Northwest that just really goes hand in glove. I don't know. Seriously. (laughs) Very fun. Uh, Vicky, any road trips that you're looking at doing aside from your big road trip down to Southeast Oregon? I would love to do a road trip up to Canada. Um, Mm. make it, yeah, up to British Columbia would be great. Honestly, anywhere in Canada, I (laughs) I want to cross the border. (laughs) I haven't been to Canada yet. And, um, I think it's just so fun that it is, uh, accessible by car here. So, um, that is on my list. I also want to make it back to Bend, um, and explore more of Bend, but also while I'm there, do South Sister again because my first time around in 2023, it was cloudy. The weather wasn't great. So I, you know, the views that I was anticipating for the peak of South Sister weren't really there. But also, I just really enjoyed the hike, and um, I, I personally thought it was fun. So I'm down to do it again. South Sister Redemption. I love yeah, this. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow, so cool. Um, well, Vicki, any other sort of stray ideas, uh, stray travel things you want to do next year? I have a lot. I mean, other things <laughs> <laughs> still haven't been to Olympic, would love to get there, mm-hmm. but I think we covered a lot of it. Anything else for you? I'm dying to eat some food in Brookings. That's something 
it's been on my list for a couple of years. The food scene in Brookings is good and I want to explore all of it. Um, just, just that I'm trying to put out there, trying to make happen. I'm not sure if it's going to work out this year. It's a long way to go. It's a lot of time to spend eating. Um, so we'll see. I I need, I need to get a partner in crime on that one. I need someone who wants to go. Vicky, do you want to go eat a bunch of food in Brookings? Absolutely. And I'll, I would, you know, not even bat an eye before I say yes to returning to the Boardman Scenic Corridor. That was, yes. So if our editors are listening, please approve that trip for the two of us. Let's go. (laughs) Let's make it happen. Jamie, as we wrap this up, any new permit or reservation things to know for 2024? Yeah, not a ton of new stuff this year, but stuff, a couple things worth noting. Uh, if you're going to be climbing Mount Hood this year, you do need a permit for that. The permits are easy. They're not you know, limited by number. Um, you just need to pay a little bit of money to summit Mount Hood. Um, so do look at that. And um, Oregon State Parks now um, have same-day reservations for a lot more state park campgrounds. Um, they tried this out on the coast this year. Um, where like, you know, normally it's like you, you can have, you had to book a campground 24 hours in advance, but for folks who were like, you know, at 10 AM saying, let's go camping tonight. Um, you had to just drive out to the campground and see if there was an open spot. And if not, it's like, I guess I'll just drive home. Um, <laughs> and that's, that sucks that no one likes that. Yeah. So they've opened up this, uh, same day reservation where you can, you know, 10 AM, you can see, well, is there a spot open at. Fort Stevens. Great. Let's book it. Let's pack the car and go. Um, some folks love to travel that way. And for, for those people, great news. You can do that now at not just the coast, but at a bunch of parks around the state. So um, a couple things to note there. And then at, as usual, this is our annual reminder to make your reservations early. Don't wait until June to book a hotel for July. Book it right now. Um, <laughs> Put some, put it, set aside like a Saturday morning on your calendar, you know, with your partner or your kids or whoever, your friends, um, and say, this is the day we're going to make reservations. Let's get our calendars open. Let's make it happen. Um, book them and don't think about it again until they come up. I've, I've done this just like the last couple of years I've made this happen. Cannot recommend it enough. It feels so good to do. So don't wait, make it happen. Let's make 2024 travel plans happen. I need that quote framed and hung (laughs) over my monitor that I'm looking at right now because I am so bad at doing this. But um, Jamie, is there a lot of stuff that's opening up on January 1st for reservations? If For places that do like the six month window, um, yeah, you look January 1st, that's what, June 1st, basically, if I'm doing math correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a journalist, not a mathematician. <laughs> that seems like, that seems right. Um, so yes, yeah, so if you're looking for summer plans, summer reservations, June, July, six months is right, right about now. So um, you, you're going to want to get those. And the thing, the thing about this is like, there are a lot of people out there who are very good about this and especially competitive campground reservations. They they go fast. They go really fast for weekends in the summertime or weekends in the spring or in the fall. So you really want to be on top of this. I set little calendar reminders for myself. Um, sometimes I remember to do that. Sometimes I don't. Um, 
it's, it's a really helpful way to do it, but just whatever you need to do to keep yourself organized, do that and make it happen. Um, if you want to get these sort of like hotter ticket places. I feel like there are some people who are just absolute experts at getting reservations. Like they know exactly where they want to go. They've had it planned out or maybe they go every year around the same time and they're just waiting for that click to open up. Oh yeah. It's like, you know, 1159 PM or whatever. And you're refreshing, refreshing, refreshing until that exact moment I've been there. Uh, it's, it's stressful, but that's what you have to do sometimes at these places. It's like getting a reservation at con. <laughs> seriously, seriously. It's insane. <laughs> and along with the reminder to book early is the reminder to try new places. I love to preach this every year. Yeah. Um, as you said, Vicki, people go to the same campground every year, which is great. Tr- tradition is wonderful. People like their spots. I respect that. And, um, variety is a spice of life. Uh, you know, it's, it's science that life feels longer when we have new experiences. So, um, try out a place you've never been to before or try a place you've been to, but in a different season. Um, maybe you've never seen the the fall color at, uh, clear Lake, for example. It's really good. I highly recommend it. Um, maybe you've not seen the wildflowers blooming in, you know, Mount hood, go check it out. So find something new to do. Um, discover someplace new or in a different kind of way and make sure to get out there. I think we, like, like we talked about, we live in such a crazy, beautiful place with so many things to do. Um, there's like an endless supply of, of places to go. I've been doing this now for many years and I have, there's a lot of places I've never been to. So, um, so I'm always discovering new places to go and new things to see. And uh, I'm sure we're going to bring more of that for you here in 2024. I constantly face that conundrum of being like, I just had the best experience at this one place, staying here, doing this, and I want to repeat it. But then I'm like, or I could venture off and do something else (laughs) and have a completely new experience, which either are great. But um, we hope that you have something really exciting planned for 2024 and um, hopefully you are planning ahead for it and making those reservations (laughs) and preparing ahead. Well, folks, that will do it for us for today. Until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast, as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you're interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show is produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.